This episode is supported by our lead sponsor, Riley Sway Foundation. Through community-focused programs, Riley Sway empowers young leaders to create positive change through kindness and empathy. From connecting student leaders to awarding grants for projects that amplify kindness in local communities, Riley Sway Foundation equips the next generation of leaders with the tools they need to make a positive impact in the world. Please stay tuned for Kindness Calling, our postscript segment featuring the remarkable teens from Riley Sway Foundation. Support for this episode comes from Parumi Tea. When you're trying to change the world with kindness, one thing you shouldn't forget to do is take care of yourself. Read a book, listen to music, this podcast, and while you're at it, we suggest having a cup of beautifully blended tea from Peromi. Peromi is an endless pursuit of providing the purest, most aromatic, and inspirational tea experience on the planet. Non-GMO project verified, organic, and fair trade certified. Peromi's tea leaves are handpicked, and their blends are created in precise small batches. Head on over to peromi.com. That's P-A-R-O-M-I, and get 25% off your first order. Just enter Sincerely Human at checkout. Promo ends on March 3rd. Hey guys, before we begin, a quick favor. If you like our podcast, please rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also help us spread the word about the show. We really want to impact as many people as possible, and we need your help to get there. There were so many reasons that I landed on kindness, but one of the front runners is that I experienced some really detrimental bullying growing up. And it forever defined who I was. It changed the trajectory of my life hands down. And even 20 plus years later is something that still can bring a pit in my stomach because of what the experience did to me as a young child. We see it everywhere. Kids being taunted and bullied in school. So I've just picked my son up from school, witnessed a bullying episode, rang the principal, and I want people to know, parents, educators, teachers, this is the effect that bullying has. This is what bullying does. Recently, a mother from Australia shared a video of her nine-year-old son with dwarfism. She wanted to raise awareness around the impacts of bullying, and the video went viral. I want someone to kill me and you have me. This is the effect of bullying. This is what it's doing. And I want people to know how much it is hurting us as a family. I want people to educate their children. We all know there's a way to combat this. In fact, we don't even need to fight it if we create environments where negative behavior isn't welcome. So when I think of my driving force, it is literally a world where I would never want a child to experience the pain and sorrow that I had to go through. Now, I wasn't then, but now I'm also a mom. And that upped the ante beyond anything I can explain, which is, Yes, they are the future generation, these kids, and I have one of those kids. And that means I feel an incredible responsibility to play a role in shaping a world that I want him to be in. A world where he is safe and cared for um, and treated with kindness. This is the story of Jacqueline Lindsay and Melissa Burmester, co-founders of Kindness.org. 
This is Camille. And this is Maverick. And this is Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. I come from a really big, beautifully blended dysfunctional family. Seven siblings, half, step, um, full, and we're all really close growing up. Jacqueline was passionate about a number of things. Sports, theater, acting. And I loved volunteering. So that was a a huge hobby since I was 12 years old, if you will. Um, That's a hobby, but (laughs) it brought me a lot of joy. The idea of serving others and making an impact carried on for Jacqueline all the way through adulthood. So after taking a couple of years to travel around the world, I ended up getting into fundraising. And uh, several years ago, was ready to make a life change, very drastic change, which was coming to New York. And I said there was only one charity that I would work for. And I ended up getting a job at that charity and worked there for several years. And that's um, also where I got to meet Melissa. She's talking about Melissa Burmester. Yeah, so I was there when Jacqueline came on board. That's Melissa. Back in 2011, Melissa worked as a project manager at Charity Water, a nonprofit organization that brings clean and safe drinking water to people in developing countries. While it was a small team when Melissa joined, the nonprofit now has more than 200 employees and has brought clean water to over 11 million people. And I remember the first time I met Jacqueline, what was before she was actually hired, it was during the interview process. And I remember thinking, there's no way this girl is real. Like, (laughs) nobody's this nice. (laughs) No one's this kind. I think I was already a jaded New Yorker at that point. (laughs) And I was just like, come on. You know, like, when's she going to let her guard down? And then we hired her and I'm like, okay, when are we going to find out the real deal? Clearly, that's just who she is. (laughs) It's actually true. (laughs) She is that nice and that kind and just that genuine. But it just radiated from the first moment. As colleagues, Jacqueline and Melissa built a friendship rooted in deep admiration and respect for one another. Coincidentally, they both reached the crossroads in their lives and careers around the same time. I was talking to Melissa, didn't say a word about any of this. And I don't want to steal the thunder, Melissa. You should tell this part of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I was also coming out of a season of reflection. Um, I felt like I had really built a team at Charity Water. I was so proud of the work that we were doing, but really wanting to think about who I was. And I'm somebody who has a tendency to give every ounce of me to my job and had hit a place where I was doing that at Charity Water and I was very proud of it, but I also was beginning to feel like I was neglecting a lot of other things like my family and friends and trying to just, who do I want to be across all of this? And had actually landed on the fact that I didn't think I was actually focusing on something like kindness, even though I felt like it was so important. I didn't think that was always who I was showing up as. Melissa felt that she became too laser focused on delivering results or solving whatever problem she was asked to fix. That I wouldn't take time to talk to my colleagues in the kitchen or ask how your weekend was or just those small things. And I was just like, who am I becoming? And had landed on this idea that no matter what I did next, I wanted to focus on kindness and being the kind one. It was was a bit more, I guess, internal. And I hadn't 
said it out loud to anyone. I actually thought the whole thing was just silly <laughs> and uh, lofty and kind of not normally who I am, which is uh, data or grounded or something that's very tangible. But I mentioned it to Jacqueline and, and I prefaced it with, you know, I think I'm I'm going to be looking to do something else and make some changes. And I've landed on this idea. Don't laugh at me, I said, um, but I want to focus on kindness. Melissa didn't see the reaction she thought she'd get from Jacqueline because Jacqueline herself had the same sort of secret plan. More on this plan and what it turned into after the break. Support for this episode comes from Perumi Tea. So guys, here's a confession. I'm sort of a coffee addict and I don't drink tea a lot. Mm-hmm, I can attest to that. Yeah, but the wonderful people at Paromi sent us some of their tea to try. And seriously, I have not liked tea as much as I have in the past few weeks. Um, first of all, they have gorgeous packaging. So the great experience starts there. But also they have a range of flavors that got me so excited, like cinnamon chai mm. or coconut almond. And my personal, personal favorite, bourbon vanilla. Oh yeah, I love that. I mean, their tea smells amazing, but also they're really flavorful. That aroma is actually what gets me. In fact, whenever you make a cup, it always makes me want to make a cup because the aroma is so enticing. Paromi teas are a great companion to your day. Whether you're getting started in the morning or winding down at night, Paromi is committed to sourcing full leaves and botanicals that are rich in natural oils and health benefits. Head on over to paromi.com. That's P-A-R-O-M-I.com. Or click the link in our show notes. You can get 25% off your first order. Just enter Sincerely Human at checkout. That's Sincerely, H-U-E-M-A-N at checkout. Promo ends on March 3rd. So Jacqueline and Melissa both wanted to do something different in their careers. But they didn't know their individual plans would land them both on kindness. And when we were thinking about this idea of kindness, the backup to how we got here was really saying, how could we make a meaningful difference? How could we really take this idea that kindness matters and turn it into something that was having an incredible impact? What would that look like? So we evaluated a variety of avenues that we could take as a team, looking at who is out there evaluating existing programs, um, existing organizations, and making sure that we felt we could be a complement and really contribute to something that had a gap. They believed that a kinder world is possible, but they couldn't find solutions that were based on research and academia. Filling this gap turned into their nonprofit, kindness.org. So our mission is to educate and inspire people to choose kindness. And we do this by developing evidence-based products and programs for kinder classrooms, communities, and workplaces. I think the important thing to acknowledge is, well, first, it isn't fluffy. It is worthy of our time and resources and energy to develop this mission and to hopefully have it be something that is forever going to live on in the world. At kindness.org, they investigate the causes and consequences of kindness. 
we really start with academic research. So that's where everything begins for us. We want to be underpinned by science and kind of pull from the best practices across all forms of industry and behavior change. So we'll start with some finding. We do have our own research hub called Kind Lab. That's one of our programs. So we're doing pure research. We're evaluating all of the other research that's out there and really trying to, to be the trusted source on what does the science tell us about kindness and all of the related things in the kind of pro-social space, like empathy and compassion. So it starts there. And then we're not interested in just living in, oh, the research tells us. It's like, how does that actually apply to day-to-day? Modern times, you walk to work, what happens um, in that interaction. So we take those academic findings, we test them in the real world. And we've got over 300 citizen scientists in 40 countries, and they're doing just that. The organization is dedicated to answering questions like, why are people kind? What stops people from being kind? How does kindness contribute to a happy and fulfilling life? What are the most effective ways to teach kindness? Can I help anyone with anything? Nah. I'm trying to do a couple of nice things for people today, but I just wondered whether there's anything I could do for either of you. I don't know. Nice to meet you. I'm Joe. Hello? Joe. Hey. (laughs) I'm trying to be kind to as many people as I can be. What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds nice. Such an unusual request. We can only see. That's a video titled, Can I Help You With Anything? from kindness.org. They posted it online on October 2016. Since then, the video has generated more than 118 million views and has been one of the most viewed charity videos of all time. When we launched, we we did so with a video that happened to go viral. And so we were immediately flooded with inbound messages from 190 nations and just, you know, it was millions of views. It's the stuff that you dream of, but then it happened. And the number of people reaching out of all age ranges saying, I'm lonely. I'm being bullied in my classroom. I don't know what to do. I'm a parent who I was taught kindness from my mom, but I don't even know how to talk to my kid about it because the time that they're living in is not the time that I lived in. And they're faced with these modern problems that they are looking for the tools of how to talk about it, how to talk about it with their kids, how to talk about it at work. Who are the people that are really teaching us now what to do and how to interact and how to do so with empathy and what is a kind act even mean right now in today's world. One of the areas that kindness.org started to focus on is what goes on in the classroom. So they created some loose programs that would empower teachers, educators, and students themselves to explore the far-reaching effects of kindness. We have these kindness walls and toolkits and just assets that we were really giving two teachers who were reaching out to us saying, do you have anything? <laughs> We're like, oh, okay, we've got a couple things. Um, and we would send that. And the stories that came in really about the change that occurred from just something as small as putting up a kindness wall in a classroom or at a school and seeing the shift and really having educators say, hey, this is working. These experiments evolved into what is now called citizen scientist. It's a new program where they conduct research on kindness as it happens in real life. In order to do this, the organization collects first-hand stories and experiences of volunteers and participants in schools and workplaces. 
For example, one of their studies found that asking someone about their evening or weekend plans had the largest impact on mood. In a survey, 90.5% of their participants said that intentional acts of kindness between coworkers could make an impact on stressful work situations. There is good and there is kindness. We believe that everyone has the capacity for it. So we in our minds are not trying to say that we need to build something brand new or get people to do something that's non-existent. On the contrary, we have it in us. And how are we nurturing it to become something that we're choosing more consistently, more frequently? And I think what's really important that I want to reinforce here, kindness isn't a silver bullet. And we're not doe-eyed trying to say that that's going to solve all the world's problems. We say the word catalyst. We're very intentional with every word because we believe it is a core ingredient. It's not the only thing, but it's at the base. When you can start and look at a human being and say, I want to see you for all of who you are. I'm willing to come at you with kindness versus whatever I might be feeling about you because you're different than me. That, to me, is the trigger. That That's this really profound turning point of just seeing a human and being willing to meet them there. If you want to know more about the work that Jacqueline and Melissa are doing to bring kindness into classrooms and workplaces, please head on over to kindness.org. Also, they're releasing a book in April that you might want to check out. And the title couldn't be more straightforward. Be kind. Up next on our Kindness Calling segment, another inspiring story from teens Nicole Mateo and Amber Raman. They lead a project called Girl Represented. In this episode of Kindness Calling, we're featuring Amber Raman and Nicole Mateo. Amber and Nicole are high school seniors from New York City. They're both working on a project called Girl Represented. What we're planning to do is basically provide books to communities that need them. That's Nicole Mateo. So younger students and high school students, and we're basically reading books that represent the communities that they come from and marginalized stories. And actually, before um, Nicole and I kind of decided to work on this idea together, we each were leading book clubs in our own schools, trying to read authors that are marginalized or stories that we don't see in our English or history curriculum. And that's Amber Raman. And that's kind of the goal that we had in creating Girl Represented, to kind of bring the stories that are not in the mainstream, are not represented in our like school curriculums, and bring them to schools across the country to really build this idea of understanding other people's experiences and also understanding the history of our country itself, too. Here's Nicole sharing the impact of Girl Represented in her school. Going to school, I've noticed that lots of the books that we've been reading are basically very Eurocentric. They never focus on like the experiences that I had as a Black girl and also Latina girl, so I didn't have those books that I could relate to or those protagonists that had shared the same similar experiences as I did. So I think that something I've gotten from the students at my book club, my friends, my teachers, faculty at my school, is that this is like things that we need to learn from each other because we don't have it prevalent in our education enough. So we need to learn from each other and the stories that basically represent many people that aren't necessarily talked about. Both Nicole and Amber are council members at Riley's Way Foundation. 
Riley Sway counsels connect public and private high schools to inspire teens to lead with empathy and kindness. The council helps create programs that drive positive change in their local communities. To me, um, empathy is really at the core of kindness and understanding each other's experiences is really how we build empathy and build connections to be kind to one another. And I've kind of come to this understanding, at least to me, that kindness is really like a necessary basis of any social justice movement. Kindness really transcends fear, misunderstanding. And if we're really intentionally trying to understand each other's experiences, we can build movements and create change. Here, Nicole and Amber share how Riley Sway Foundation has helped turn their vision into reality. So I think one of the biggest ways is just providing support because we're both just some high school seniors who had this really big idea that started basically with our own separate book clubs and then kind of guiding us in this big process of starting an organization that's going to start here in New York and then possibly end up becoming a nationwide project. So just having the support from people who know what it's like to start a foundation from like the bottom and have it come this far it's just really been great yeah and to add on to that we just we had such a big vision and we want it to be a reality but the support that we've gotten from like everyone in the organization has been so helpful in terms of finding resources and just helping us like on this journey towards creating an organization that's it for kindness calling thanks again to our podcast sponsor riley sway foundation In honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Riley Sway Foundation opened its national initiative, The Call for Kindness. Teens from all around the country can submit their projects and ideas that are designed to drive change and inspire kindness in their communities. Winners will be given up to $3,000 each to help implement their projects with their school or nonprofit partners. To learn more about The Call for Kindness and other life-changing programs at Riley Sway Foundation, please head on over to rileysway.org. Again, all the links are in our show notes. That's all for today, guys. Catch you all again next week. And remember, be good to one another 